one question you should never have to ask on a date is, is this the date? You know, no person should ever have to ask that, you know, the man or the woman. If you're asking that while you're on the date, something went wrong. Welcome to another episode of Dear Men. This one is very special because I'm here with my dear friend, Jeffrey. We facilitated events together in DC and built up an authentic relating community there together. And we had a lot of laughs. And <laughs> I'm really excited to welcome him to the podcast because um, he lives close by, but we don't get to see each other very much. So it's sort of a catch up for us. And it's, and it's also a topic that I think is really important because it's something that I don't think we talk about enough in terms of dating and relationships, which has to do with masculinity and choosing your own version of masculinity instead of just taking what the culture gives you, basically. So, Jeffrey Platts, men's coach and dating expert. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Mel. What's going on? Good to hear from you. Good to hear from you. Good to see you. And not even see you. What am I doing? Hold on. Can you edit this part out? (laughs) (laughs) This is definitely staying in. I'm just letting (laughs) Good to talk with you. Good to connect with you. How's that? Um. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. perfect. All right. So, um, yeah, you've done a lot of research and coaching and you've been on your own sort of path when Mm -hmm. it comes to the topic of masculinity. And so I'm wondering if you might just be able to start with what your own journey has been in terms of choosing your own masculine. Yeah. So let's start off with, let's say my journey. So when I was a kid, I was really, really like shy. You're not like shy. I was shy. Shy, um, spent a lot of time by myself, you know, got really good grades, but then spent a lot of time in school, wasn't really on any sports teams, didn't really do any art or music. I mean, I dabbled in things here and there, but pretty much my summer vacations were by myself watching TV, which became good in the sense that I became an expert on all 80s TV trivia. And I listened to a lot of music and danced in my room, and that came in to be a benefit later on. But, um, but for the most part, I spent a lot of my uh, childhood and teenage years even uh, by myself, you know, in my in my room. And so, and, you know, at the time, I, I the message I got and began unpacking later on was, you know, something's wrong with me. Something's wrong with me. I don't belong. Those two, which are pretty, you know, painful beliefs to have about oneself, right? Something's wrong with me and, and I don't belong. And in particular around, you know, masculinity, right? Boys and, 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 and men having that thing of, I'm not like most men. I don't measure up because I'm not playing sports. Uh, I'm not, um, you know, I don't, I'm not a, I don't play guitar. I'm not a rock musician. I'm not in the band. Um, all these things. And it started to create this story in my head, right? And and even now, that stuff is still something that I, that I unpack and comes up from time to time. But so long story short, I would grow up, you know, that was my experience. Growing up, that was my experience. And that was juxtaposed also with me growing up in the suburbs of Connecticut. And so my mom is Brazilian and my dad's American. So I would spend my summers in Brazil, which, you know, as most people can imagine, is a different masculinity and femininity are very different in Brazil than they are in the typical United States. Um, so I would go there and have these experiences of, 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 I call it like Clark Kent and Superman. And so I'd have like, I'd be Clark Kent, very mild-mannered and very quiet and shy and nerdy here in the U.S., but then I would go to Brazil and I'd get all this attention from women, right? There's a, there's a way that I was reinventing myself both consciously and subconsciously and starting to embody and express some of those parts that I was starting to see in my cousins, in my uncles, in my friends that were in Brazil. And so that was a piece that always kind of, I would always come back to the U.S. and I'd be like, oh, I'm back to my normal self. So it got me to quite, started this inquiry of is this nature? Is this nurture? Am I, am I meant to be this shy kid all the time? But then when I'm in Brazil, I'm different. So 
there's a lot of different things that would come up in that in that experience, the juxtaposition of those two cultures. Yeah. Can you say more about you mentioned um the role models, like the cousins and the uncles, and what were the differences between masculinity in Brazil and masculinity in the US? Yeah, I mean, without going like too anthropological, but I would say like from what my experience was, is that just a certain boldness, there was a certain um around masculinity, there's a certain boldness of, of going after, you know, what you want. And, 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 Hey, I'm expressing desire. I'm, I'm feel I'm expressing attraction. I'm expressing interest in someone, in a woman. And again, like those can be gone, like anything can be gone to the extreme as well. Right. Um, but the, that was the biggest one, um, around that. And also just in terms of sexuality, right? Like in Brazil, there's a certain flirtatiousness that I feel there's more permission given, um, in, in culturally, to, to express yourself in a very flirtatious way. Um, and, and then it's also like reciprocated by the feminine, right. By women that I would experience there. And so there was this kind of like playing around with this vibe that I felt more at home doing in Brazil. Now. So that was, that was just the, one of the biggest things. And it was more like that kind of, I hate to use the word alpha male cause it's just very, um, you know, a lot of times misunderstood, but or misused and overused. But there's a, for lack of a better term, that kind of like that. Hey, I'm here. I'm proud of my desire. I'm 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 okay with it, and I'm going to express it. That was so. So what I'm hearing is that that there was more boldness in Brazil, and there was kind of more permission in the culture to be flirtatious and to be sexy, and that also in your experience, it was reciprocated by by women more do you think that's because you were bringing it more in brazil or do you think that it really was more kind of accepted there i mean so yeah yeah there's there's a couple things is one there's the travel phenomenon right i'm sure you know you just came back from your trip to europe right there's that sense for me that whenever i travel there's that sense of i I, you do get to reinvent yourself because nobody knows who you are you could be, you know, like the Jason Bourne thing. You could be like whoever you want. And so there's that freedom. You're in a different culture. You're in a new space. No, nobody knows who you are. You can do whatever you want. You can reinvent yourself. There's that factor right. for sure. And then it was probably definitely, you know, the fact that it's Brazil. I was, you know, I was going to Brazil. I wasn't going to to India or to, you know, other random other countries that have different cultures and different contexts, right? So I think there's, it was probably that 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 sweet spot or that sweet um, combination of those two things that that helped my experience uniquely, right? And yeah, yeah. And you also mentioned like having the role models of like your cousins and uncles and other men around that you could sort of imitate or learn from. Do you feel like that was a factor? For sure, yeah. Because there was always, you know, they were always telling me like, "Oh, there's a cute girl over there." Like, "Oh, well, go talk to her," right? Go talk to her, right? You know, telling me how to. Um, uh, just to approach and to be more, more, uh, just to be more loose and more carefree and more bold and, and just cool. Go talk to her, go ask her to dance, you know? And that's a big piece too, I think is the dance culture in, <laughs> in Brazil, as well as, you know, most Latin countries too. Like there's, you know, partner dancing, salsa, you know, in Brazil, Pagogi and different, different, like just different, um, that, that, that different element that comes from when there's a dance, when there's a party, you're dancing and you're, you're connecting and you're having fun. And there's that masculine feminine play that comes naturally from partner dancing where I think it's not embedded in mainstream U S culture. That's a really good point. Speaking as someone who does partner dance, because there's a built in way to approach someone that is like totally socially acceptable in that, in that place. And like you said, there's kind of polarity built in because the guy is supposed to lead. So the man is leading her right away. Like, hey, do yeah. you want to dance? And then you dance and he's leading her in the dance. So there's a lot of like opportunity there that isn't that doesn't exist when you just go to a random bar in Boston. Totally. And 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 also like you can't for me, that's where I first learned you can't like force somebody to dance with you. You're not gonna go up as a guy, at least for me. I, I never saw men go up to a woman and be like, Hey, dance with me now. And then, you know, she's going to get up and like have a really fun time dancing with you or be a receptive dancer. It doesn't happen. Like you have to be willing participants. So it's kind of like dating, right? Like you're not going to go up to someone, Hey, you must date me now just because I want to date you. Right. You're going to, there's that kind of that, it's an invitation, you know, maybe a bold invitation depending on, on how you present it, but it's an invitation and she declines or not. And you respect that, you respect that 
her her decline. You know, if if that yeah. is the answer, and you know, kind of like the same thing. One of my biggest things that I teach men and I talk about all the time is you know, it was you know, this is 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 the idea that you know the one question you should never have to ask on a date is is this the date? You know, no yeah, person amen. should ever have to ask that. You know, the man or the woman. If you're asking that while you're on the date, something went wrong along the way. Yeah. And so it's like just be bold in your invitations. Like I want to take you out on a date. Would you like to go out next week? Boom. It's clear it's a date. She gets full permission and full right to decline or say yes. And if she says yes, how amazing is that? Same thing with like somebody dancing with you. Like, cool, she wants to dance with me. We're going to dance. Cool. And I think that level of kind of that awareness of the, of it being an invitation. And if she says no, cool, no worries. Move on to the next one. You know, just like, yeah. if you, like if I was a guy and I went to a dance or a salsa dancing, which, you know, you and I salsa dance uh, a lot in DC. And if we went out salsa dancing, I went to the first girl I asked or the one I was most attracted to or interested in, or just curious to dance with. And she said, no, I wouldn't just turn around and go home, you know, <laughs> like just pout. I would like stay and cool. Let me ask someone else, you know, let me find someone else to dance with. You know, it's not, yeah, so it's not it trains a, you, trains you yeah. to, to keep trying. Yeah, to, to the nuance of that, you know, it, it it opened my eyes to that. So, all right, so you're going to Brazil mm-hmm. every summer. You're coming back to the U.S. Talk to me about. It sounds like it, there wasn't a lot of integration of that part of you in the U.S. What What do you think about U.S. culture when it comes to masculinity and your journey? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. Like for me, I think it comes down to what you're surrounded by. Like for me, the integration, like I would have these moments, it was just such a dichotomy between three months in Brazil, coming back September 1st, starting school, you know, freshman year in high school, same dude, you know, but different experience and context matters, right? That whole thing of when you go back to your hometown, you know, you kind of revert to the, to the experience in the way you were, you revert back to how you were back then when you were a kid, right? So there's that level of environment um, impacting things. But for me, I think in the U.S., it's also part of it, I think, is, is, is our multiculturalism, too. That plays a, pact, a factor, right? Because you have so many different races and ethnicities and religious groups and, and nationalities kind of coming together that, like, if you grow up in, you know, in the Bronx, um, in New York, and, and that's surrounded by that version, the verse, if you go to San Francisco or you go to Southern California or Miami or Northern Minnesota, you're, you're going to be surrounded by different models of masculinity, right? If you're, like, in the more... Um, you know, gun-toting wilderness kind of vibe. That's one version of masculinity. But if you're in the surf, you know, surfing vibe in in, in California, it's a different version, right? So you mentioned, yeah, you mentioned a couple of archetypes of masculinity, and you also sort of outlined, you know, masculine can look different in different parts of the country and everything like that. What I'm wondering about is, I feel like there are a lot of men out there who feel like they're not masculine enough. Mm-hmm. They don't have. Um, I don't know, like they don't have a six pack or they don't hunt and fish or they don't play sports or they don't fill in the blank or they're not tall enough or all of these sort of ideas that we have about masculinity in American culture. And I know you mentioned, you know, going through some of that yourself, feeling like you didn't belong. And I think you mentioned something about the belonging having to do with that, like not feeling like sort of um, masculine enough. Can you talk about how you kind of overcame that, that feeling and that sense? Yes. Yeah. So as far as the, the, the guys thinking that they're not masculine enough and the one thing I think I tell, the one thing I tell guys is to just look around you and even look at, if you want to go, I don't go the celebrity route a lot, but look at the different men that are out there that, and would you say they're masculine? Like, you know, look at Russell Brand, you know, he's not the same. He's not built the same as the rock or, you know, a Tom Brady or, Dalai Lama, or, you know, there's, there's so many different representations of, I think, masculine men. And I think one thing that I would start with, which I learned from Tim Ferriss is like, before you start arguing about anything, get a shared reality, get a shared definition of it. So it's almost like having these debates about who's more masculine is kind of apples and oranges until you get a shared reality around what does masculine mean to you? And what does it mean to me, mean to you? Right. Yeah. That's, that's huge. And that's, I think that's the piece that's missing because yeah. if you're not, because what's masculine to Melanie Curtin 
is going to be different than what's going to be masculine to, you know, any other woman, you know, my wife, Vanessa, you know, it's going to be a different flavor that they're attracted to, that they are intrigued by, that, that they feel safe with. And there's, there's also masculinity that is what is more sexually attractive masculinity, what is more safe and grounded masculinity, you know, from a father's standpoint or from a protector standpoint, like there's so many different things. And so let's get clear on what that is first. And that's up to each person too, to have, but even just from a, from a surface level example, I would say Russell Brand is just as masculine as The Rock, right? But you couldn't be further apart, at least from a physical standpoint of, of these two men, right? They dress differently. They act differently. They have different body shapes, you know? And so it's like one of these things that I think men need to start just looking at. Because for every example that you find of the guy that has a six pack and the beard and tattoos and the shooting guns and all that stuff, you'll find a guy that's almost, if not the direct opposite, that also is successful in a relationship or successful in his life and embodies good traits of the masculine. And so it sounds, I mean, it sounds like you're talking from a perspective of how, how it is now, but I'm imagining at 14 or 15, there was a sense of like, am I a man if I'm not what the culture says? And I'm just wondering, how did you get to where you are now from that? Well, the first, the first step was just me getting into a place of just inquiry around it. And it was more just, I wanted to get better with women. So when I was, I think it was like 24, 25, getting to that place of, well, let's back up. The, the thing that really kind of elevated me to, the, to a different experience around this was when I started to become a DJ. And so literally from like night and day, so I went from having never DJed in my life to my first gig was... That's another story for another time. My first gig was literally DJing at one of the hottest clubs in DC, the Z Club in um, downtown DC for like 500 people. It was like a Brazilian party and it was my first DJ gig. And from that, I DJed for the next like three or four years, you know, monthly parties. And that kind of, I became more of like this, like a local quote unquote celebrity, you know, kind of being the guy that people would ask for, you know, to be on the guest list and all this kind of stuff. And, And I got a lot of attention from women a lot, way more than I'd ever gotten in my life. Right. And that set me into this thing. It's almost like it was a little bit before my time in the sense that like I went, I got all ascension before I was actually grounded enough to really embody and receive it in a healthy way. And so it's kind of like being a kid in a candy store, right. And getting sick on candy. So I, I would, I had, that was an experience that really had me feeling more, um, and more successful quote unquote with women. Yeah. But it was kind of like, it was, I, it, at times it felt like just more circumstantial than actually for me. So I would kind of like distrust it. Oh, you're liking me, but do you like me for me or is it because I'm the DJ and I'm like throwing these nice, amazing parties and stuff. Yeah. And so, so that, so that was like, kind of like, kind of go up from first gear to like fourth gear right away, but it was really clunky. Yeah. If you will. Right. And so, um, like the, 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 the body hadn't like the, um, what do you call it? Uh, the, like energetically, I was I wasn't caught up to what the body was doing. Yeah, yeah. And so, so that kind of started this inquiry. Like, okay, then when I stopped DJing, you know, kind of went back a little bit toward the crickets <laughs> experience, <laughs> right? I didn't have this like persona or this circumstantial thing that would have me getting you know really good attention from women. And so that's when I started the inquiry. So to go back to your question, that's when I started like, hey, what is what am I doing? How can I get better at women? So I went into the whole pickup artist thing for a couple of years and that didn't really feel right. Even from the beginning, it just didn't feel right. And I started just, in, just looking into the different things around myself and, and cause what is it about masculinity? What is it about me? And what is it about there? Why are moments, why are there moments when I'm really, you know, quote unquote successful with women, you know, getting, getting their attention and, and sustained connection and feeling fulfilled in the experience and having them feel fulfilled in the experience and what makes it really feel empty, mm-hmm. you know? And then over time, it just became this thing of also observing and being around different examples of, of quality men, whether they were my age or older, that would have me just feeling, oh, wow, that's a really solid dude. There's something around his energy that feels really solid, you know? Yeah. And then, and then years later, you know, you and I, you know, having become facilitators for, for AMP, Authentic Man Program, and other um, courses that we, we help teach, it was one of those moments where I, I realized in hindsight, oh, yeah, there's certain things around presence, around being, you know, bringing appreciation, um, being, being generous with our energy, with our time, with giving value. Um, so things like that became, helped 
me map retroactively my experience if that makes sense Mm. you know i was like oh wow that makes sense now in hindsight because of this is this this is the map i can kind of overlay on top of what was happening in my past Um, yeah and when you when you sort of identify with your own masculinity now would you say that the traits that come up are those that you just named of like presence generosity clarity things like that for sure for sure and and definitely you know presence and strength and and groundedness and and being caring and loving and and again these are traits that you know women can have too they're not unique to the masculine but when i think of this um the experience of, of of what is a good masculine example right or a good masculine man that's what comes up right and and definitely the things that i teach my clients my coaching clients and things that i that women say they crave from men in, in especially in this modern era it is, is that, that presence, that level of like kind of directionality, the level of engagement. Are they, are they taking the lead? Right. And going back to the dance metaphor, it's one thing to take the lead. It's one thing. And it's another thing to force a lead. Yeah. Right? So with dancing, you can't force the lead. You can't force a woman to follow you. You can just show up, bring some leadership, bring some container in, 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 in holding the frame in the dance. And then she either follows or she doesn't. And, right. and so same thing with this, with, with relationships and dating, it's like, take the lead, dude. Like, don't ask her for, to hang out for coffee. Don't just ask if someday we can meet up, you know, and hang out. Like, no, take the lead on what you want. And also being unapologetic around what you're wanting. It's okay if you like her sexually, if you like her romantically, it is totally okay if you are interested in her, right? It's not a big, it's not a bad thing, you know? And if anything, you're doing her a service because she gets to know what she's working with. I know you don't know how many women, and I'm sure you can relate. Is like they just get frustrated, but they don't know what the guy wants. Yeah, are, are we are, are we that. wanting are we wanting to be friends, or are you wanting to be? You know, are you interested in me? Because I'm interested in you, but I because I don't know whether you are or not with me. It's hard for me to, you know, play with you here. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it also diminishes my interest when I can't tell. Like the confusing in between state is sort of yeah diminishes my interest. It shows up in, in kind of like what you said, like to me, part of what masculinity is, is direction. And so if he comes towards me directly, I can, I, it polarizes me and I feel more attracted to him. So he could, he could look the same and be the same guy, but how he approaches me will impact how I experience him. Totally. And I think the other piece to tie this back to like the archetypes is you can do all these things, man. You can, you can, you can go and get tattoos and grow the beard and wear boots and, and, and chop down trees and all these things. You know, I'm, I'm, just, I'm seeing this kind of in, in tongue in cheek because, you know, all those things are great in and of themselves, but it's just like, you do all those things, but you haven't done the inner work, right? The emotional and your understanding of energetics and emotions and presence and your, and, and, and being aware of the connection inside yourself and the connection in, your, in the person you're in front of, whoever it is, as well as the connection between you and the person you're in front of, that's where the gold is, right? Yeah. I think that's where the, the, the Jedi level skill is, is when you can become a relational Jedi, not just play the part of, 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 a, of a quote unquote masculine archetype. Yeah, um, I think that's a really good point because it's sort of like the trappings of what the culture says masculinity is. It's mm-hmm. like putting on a costume or something like, oh, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right. Like I have the right body and I have the right clothes and I have the right car and I'm, I'm doing the masculine thing. Yes. But if you don't back that up with genuine traits, like we were talking about of presence, direction, mm-hmm. clarity, sort of what the, I don't know if I would say mystics, but sort of like what, what a lot of the like deeper teachings are around masculine and femininity. If you can't back it up, then you're yeah. not going to be able to sustain a relationship for the long term, at least in a healthy way, because it's, yeah. it's just not, it's just not going to last. Right. It's like putting on a costume, but totally. you back it up. And, and, and I will say, I will say who you are always catches up to you. So like, if you're, you know, insecure, 
don't know who you are, you know, judging yourself or, you know, whatever it is that you're kind of haven't dealt with on the inside, you can kind of go for a while, you know, dates, date a woman and, and kind of play the fake part it. of a quote unquote confidence. Yeah. Fake it till you make it thing, but you never make it. Cause you're just faking it in this <laughs> regard. Right. Cause like how many times was I, you know, I went through my own dark periods of, of depression and low self-esteem and, and lack of confidence. And yeah, I could kind of amp myself up and pump myself up and play that confident, you know, playful, you know, sexy dude. But then after two, three months, you know, the real me comes up to the surface and, you know, I haven't dealt with it. And, and so same thing with you know, the pickup artist stuff, right? I would embody the outer traits and the outer skills and tactics of what somebody that is confident does. But then I, because it wasn't embodied on the inside out, it would just, it was, it'll fizzle after a while. Right. So what, yeah. So when you work with clients who let's say don't necessarily feel masculine enough, and I'm curious to know how many men, how many men fit in that category? Like, is it, is, are most of the men that you work with sort of like in some way feeling not masculine enough? And then how do you, how do you work with them to help, to help them? Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, I don't know if everybody has the, the exact question, oh, am I masculine enough? I think there's definitely an element. I think there's definitely an element of comparison. I think every human being has some element of comparing ourselves to other people, right? In some level, whether it's, and I think it's also comparing ourselves to others in the areas that we personally value, right? So me comparing, you know, if there's a guy that's a really good chef and I really don't care about cooking much, I'm not going to compare myself or feel bad in that comparison, Right. right? But there's a guy that's, you know, able to, you know, be really successful in some, some sport or base basketball or baseball, then I'm going to be like, Oh wow, I value those sports. So like, I'm going to think, Oh yeah, I wish it'd be cool. I wish I was like that. Yeah. Um, so that said, I think it's a matter of, if you want to look at it from a, from a, uh, a hierarchical perspective, the first question is like, is who am I? Right. Like, who are you? Mm. What do you value as a person, as a, as a being on this planet? And then secondly, okay. Then there's the man lens, right? There's the who am I, how do you see yourself as a man? How do you see yourself as a friend, father, son, husband, um, citizen, you know, business owner and employee, whatever it is. Um, that's where I think, you know, some of the work that I do with, the, with my clients is around that. Like what, what, how are you seeing yourself? And, and, and is that lens that you're looking at yourself through, is it empowering you or is it disempowering you? And, and part of the work too is yes, using, what you observe, what you both judge in others and what you admire in others as tools and as fuel for that inquiry. So who, for you, who are your role models of the healthy masculine? I'm curious. Yeah. I mean, I personally um, think Barack Obama is a good one Mm. in a lot of ways. Um, And again, I, I don't think there's any one total example, right. Of like the perfect man. You know, right. Well, cause the perfect the, the, man doesn't exist yeah, the perfect, or the perfect is, woman. You're saying but, find men that have traits or that have characteristics that you admire and that you want to be like, right. And incorporate. Well, yes. And incorporate those traits into you. Don't incorporate the, that, that role models traits into you. Does that make sense? Like don't try to mimic the other person. Try to embody your version of that. In yeah. You. Yeah. Right. Cause that's where I think, you know, to use Obama as an example, I think he's def you know, from from let's just take from a romantic standpoint of all the presidents that I, we've seen in recent memory, I would use his as the example of how to be in a romantic relationship with your wife. Yeah, like the way you know his level of affection, his level of always having her by him side by his side. You know, always you know she you know using her as both support and inspiration. Um, just, just look any, you know, look any video or photos of, of, of how he opens the door for her, like all these, just there's a, there's a level of care and awareness of her that I feel is an amazing thing to, to look at and, and model again, forget, take all politics aside, take all that other stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. from that one example of, 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 of that's visible, right? We have no idea what anybody, that's the problem with using people that are famous or people that are, you know, we don't really know personally, there's that missing piece of what's the real the real day-to-day like right but you can still use it as inspiration on some yeah level, absolutely right? and um yeah because i i'm interested in just going back to what you were saying about eliminating the static and turning up the volume on who you really are as a man 
that mm. that would be, I guess what you're saying is looking at someone like Barack Obama, it would be turning up the volume on that in yourself. Like I want to be that level of caring and I want to be that aware. I want to be, I want to have my woman at my side and have her feel valued and admired. I want, I want to turn yeah. that part of myself up and then talk to me about what, how you work with men to get rid of the static part. Yeah. So, so with my clients, we, we, we take a look at what's working in their life. First, we start off what's working right now. Like, what are you doing in your life? That's working. What areas of your life are working, you know, and, and then what's not working, right? That's the kind of a basic lens to look at things through. And then it's a matter of reverse engineering, like, okay, well, wh- where do you want to go? So where do you want to go? What do you want to create in your life? Because not everybody, not every man wants the same things, right? Some men want to just have a long-term relationship. Some men want to get married and have kids and leave a legacy. Some people want, some guys just want to just get better at dating and just not, and stay at that level for right now, right? Most of the guys that come to me are looking for relationship. Like they're frustrated with where they are and they want to go to the next level and learn how to not just meet a woman, but to build a relationship with a woman, right? right? Which I think are very, it's a very different animal to build a relationship with a woman than to just get good at dating. Right. Right. Cause, um, that's a whole nother podcast episode, but, <laughs> um, but so I think part of it is looking at from a mind, body, emotion, physical level. It's looking at every area of your life of the, of, of a client's life and making sure that he's thriving on all levels. Right. Cause if, if a man's not having community and healthy relationships with other men, if he's not really taking care of his body, Right. And if he's not at a, at a financial level that he's, you know, feeling good at, you know, and, and, and not stressing out about money all the time, if he's not um, having some type of self-care, self-connection practice, you know, those things are going to impact the rest of the areas, right? Especially the dating area. Yeah. Um, and so, and so when you talk about eliminating static, would you say that like, this is, I'm very curious to hear your answer to this. Would you say that when you start working with a client who, let's say, wants to be in a long-term committed relationship with a woman, um, but he still has, let's say, like some family issues, like he's still mm-hmm. really attached to his parents, mm-hmm. do you recommend to that man that he stop dating until that part of his life is handled, or do you? What do you do about that? If there's a, I mean, it, it depends on what it is. If it's like really deep trauma, obviously, you know, therapy is is is, is probably the ideal route or some type of modality that goes a little deeper. Um, but if it's logistical kind of thing of like, Hey, you're living with your parents. Yeah. I would probably, you know, one, most guys that come to me aren't already living with their parents, but, um, but if they were, I'd be like, yeah, dude, let's get, let's get your logistical life thriving. But I mean by that is like, if you live in a small town of Iowa in Iowa that has a hundred people in the town, your dating life is probably going to suck. Let's just, you know, like the, the pool of people and women that you have access to are just going to suck. You know, and, and and like let's just get that. Or if you have no jobs and have no money to take a woman out on a date, that's going to suck too, right? Or if you don't feel confident in your body, and you know you've got some some you know some weight on your belly that you're not fully confident. Cool, let's work on that. You know, or maybe, um, yeah. Or if all your friends happen to be women and you're great at connecting with women, but you have zero ability to connect with guys, let's work on that too. And so it depends on the situation, honestly, but there is a lot of times where we'll have to put the dating on, not pause, but like just roll it back a little bit and, and work on these other things at the same time. Yeah. Um, because yeah. And, and do you find that once the man has handled that part of his life better, that he comes back even stronger with women or what happens? I mean, in general, yes, because that, because discipline and success in one area typically has you feeling confident and bring discipline to sex in other areas. Not always, yeah. but like it makes it likely. Like if I lose weight and get really strong and feel great about my body, that discipline and that success will translate into my job, you know, or to dating women. And but for me it's like let's take a look at the at all the areas. A lot of guys I think, and maybe it's human nature too, but you want to come into a coaching relationship in a vacuum, like, oh, just fix this. Kind of like the doctors, you know, you go to a podiatrist, like just my back is hurting. Let's say you go to, you go to a podiatrist. My back is hurting. Okay, cool. Well, 
or scratch that. Hold on. Edit this part out. Isn't podiatry feet? I know. Let me, let me, let me start. Let me start over. Let's say you go to a chiropractor, right? And then the example I want to give, let's do this. All right. Hold on. Let's say your back is hurting and you go to a a chiropractor, but then the chiropractor takes a look at your shoes and you're wearing these like really old, you know, 10 year old shoes with holes in them that have zero cushioning and be like, oh, this might be a reason why your back hurts. Yeah. Right. So it's like looking at like, not just those segments. A lot of people come to coaching like, oh, just, I want to just talk about my dating. Let's not, you know, my job is off the table is off the, uh, is off the menu. You know, I don't want to talk about job. I don't want to talk about, you know, my family life, I don't right. want to, my, my issues with my mom or my family. Right. Like, let's just focus on dating. Give me, that's why I get a lot of guys go to PUA stuff in the beginning. I know it's a false. PUA meaning pickup artists. Yes. Pickup artists because they are like, oh, just give me the lines. What are the best, what's the best place to meet women? What's the best line to say? Like, yeah. fuck that shit. I'm sorry. Like, that's not going to get you far. Because yeah. if you're not doing the inner work and if you're not doing the, just becoming whole in and of yourself, then you're, it's not going to last. It's yeah. not last. And how many times have you been with a guy and like after like a month or two, you see the real him? Like, it's like kind of, it's all, it was all smoke and mirrors. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, and, I think that's really an interesting point too, because I don't know about you, but I've noticed that many of my clients have, um, we really needed to work on their friendships. And like you said, particularly their friendships with other men. And while they tend to come to me to date better or to find a woman, like find a partner, what I find is that when a man doesn't have those male friendships, he's more vulnerable to being dependent on her for- Oh my God, 100%. Yeah, do you find that as a trend? Because I've found that with a, a lot of my clients. It's, yeah, it's, it's a trend. Um, you know, there's a really good um, episode. I think it was some NPR thing around masculinity and boys and stuff like that. But um, that talked about this phenomenon and why men kind of at a certain age and teenage years start to lose. Their, they, they switch. Their like level of intimacy and affection toward each other switches at a certain age and there's certain factors why. Well, but, it diminishes. Um, Basically, it diminishes, yeah. losing yeah. male friendships, the closeness of male friendships starts eroding at age 30. Totally. And then they end up feeling yes. alone and they can't express affection to each other, at least in this culture in the United States. Yes, yes. And so they end up feeling alone, isolated, lonely, unhappy. And that feels like a big um, deal, especially in this podcast about masculinity because I really feel like it's part of the culture around masculinity that needs to shift. Yes. It's, it's making our men lonely. Yeah. And a hundred percent. And that's when the problem is, that's why it was my thing for the longest time. I was unhappy with myself and I, you know, and, or, and, and, or other areas of my life, I would use women and dating women and getting successful with women um, as the kind of the high you know, for me to distract myself from the other parts of my life that I didn't like. And then when, because I didn't like myself and didn't like those areas of my life, I would, the dating thing would fizzle after a month or two and I get, I'd be back at square one. Mm. Right. So like, um, so, and then it's kind of like this trap of like, and then I'm okay, let me, let me go and look at, you know, let me go and get more dates and get more women and get more numbers and get more, you know, flirtation flirts, um, flirt more with women. And there's, there's, there's definitely a, you know, a joy and a pleasure and a high that comes from that. Right. Yeah. And it's just, it, it literally becomes this like distraction and a shiny object syndrome where I'm not dealing with the core issues. And that's, I think where a lot of my coaching and I imagine your coaching and good coaching generally works at is like the core issues underneath the hood, not just the surface level tactics and logistical stuff, which are important too. Let's get you having some nice, sexy shoes. You know, let's get your clothes fitting well and looking good for sure. And let's deal, you know, get the others in your life. And it doesn't have to be like, I know Instagram kind of paints this picture sometimes. And I go through sometimes where I'm like, Oh man, like I got to have my crew of like, you know, 15 bros. And I'm always traveling with and going all over the world with and drinking pints in Ireland and all this stuff. Like it doesn't have to look like that. It can yeah. be literally just two to three dudes, whether they all know each other together or there's individual friendships that I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of like, you know, in, in my experience, I've created these and I curated these friendships with, you know, I can literally, at any moment, call probably at least 10 men and be like, hey, man, I'm going through a rough time. You got some time in the chat later today. And yeah. they would totally be down to do that. And I feel blessed in that. But I've also created that, right? I've deliberately chosen to make that happen for myself. Yeah. Um, and just and that's what goes back to the flavor thing of like, create 
the, the, your experience of masculinity, your experience of male friendships that works for you, that is true to you, not just what looks good on Instagram. You know, you don't have to be, you know, all rocking six packs and surfing on the beach, you know, in Hawaii with your bros like that. That's cool. Yeah. Rock that. If you, if you love that and that's happening for you, but just get some solid friendships, man. Like just really, and I set the intention. And a lot of it also will require you to go first. Cause mm. I think a lot of men mm. are waiting to be invited. Like, Oh, if you have, if you have the, the story that you don't belong then you're going to wait to be invited a lot of time. That was my story for the longest time. I, I'm not invited to the parties. Okay, cool. But then this, the my, one of the most mind-blowing quotes and my favorites, one of my favorites to this day is by Eckhart Tolle that says, what you think the world is withholding from you, you are withholding from the world. Wow. And so what I mean by that is like, you know, what you think the world is not giving to you you're actually not giving it to the world. Now, again, like, there's nuances and all that stuff, but I'm just saying from a general standpoint, go first, be the source of what you want. Um, yeah. So, so if you're not having, if you don't have any guy friends, it's going to take maybe you setting an intention, you know? Yeah. There's the easiest thing is to go find a men's group and be a part of that, but you're not always going to gel with everybody in the men's group too. Right. But like, even within that, find the guys that you actually gravitate more towards more and ask them to hang out and maybe say, Hey man, I'm looking for some real solid friendships in my life. Would you be down for that? You know, yeah. I, I like your vibe. Like it could be really as simple as that, but it's going to require some vulnerability. It's going to probably require you going first and, and requesting that. I and really creating. like that. I really like that. Go first, be willing to go first because actually what I hear in that is that's very masculine. Well, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> it's moving towards something you want. It's, issuing an invitation. It's, it is masculine actually. And I really like that the turn of this discussion came to male friendships because it feels Mm -hmm. critical to me in terms of feeling solid in, in your masculinity. I, I mean, I, I, you know, as a woman, I feel like a large part of my femininity does come from my woman friends and hanging out with them and talking to them and connecting with them and appreciating what they wear and how they, operate in the world. And I, I can imitate, like you said, what I like, and I just, it's inspiring. Like, I don't know who I would be in my femininity without my women friends. A hundred percent. And like, even for me, like, I know when I go away, you know, like this, my buddy, Josh is coming into town tomorrow and we're going to hang out for a couple of days. And it's going to be like, you know, a chance for my masculine battery to get recharged. And I know that in the past when I've done that, you know, I come back to my wife, Vanessa, it's a totally I feel sore. She's had the time away to either hang out by herself and recharge herself or hang out with her girlfriends. And it's been a great experience. So we reconnect, you know, kind of we're, we're more resourced in, in each other yeah. in ourselves. And, and I think, and also like, you know, I'm a big fan of diversity coming from, you know, international background myself and living in DC and like, I'm blessed to have, you know, black friends, gay friends, you know, Hispanic, you know, all and also ages too, like different, you know, age groups and different life stages. It's, it's, it's just, there's such benefit to diversity of, of, of being around different people, different kinds of guys and men. Yeah. Um, totally. That piece too. Cause like having just one kind of, you know, just hanging around one flavor of guy doesn't really help expand you. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. and oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, and then, you know, just cause like, cool, you got your, whatever you want to, go at whatever you want to create stop waiting for it to happen and 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 be willing to go first in that especially around the male friendships because it's 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 so necessary and it impacts it way more than you think i mean it was one of the foundations that we teach in in the app course you know around the men just getting more 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 connected to them to their to their other to their brothers and 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 because the thing is like here's the trap you get better say you're a single guy right now you listen to this podcast you don't have any friends or maybe you have some friends already, but they're kind of like activity buddies. I call them, right. You just hang out you go drink and watch sports or whatever. And let's say you work with me or work with Mel, whoever you have a dating coach and, and you get a, you get a girlfriend like that, an amazing, beautiful, amazing woman. That's like your perfect match. And, um, and you start dating and you become boyfriend, girlfriend and your long-term relationship. I actually would say that's, that's a disservice. That, that, that quick success is actually a disservice if you have not already done the work to develop some healthy male friendships. Because what's going to happen is if 
you're going to latch onto that woman to be your soul source of everything. Yes. You know, your soul supporter, your cheerleader, your emotional support, all this stuff and your, your activity, your social calendar, everything. And you're not going to have men. You're not going to have men, healthy men that are your friends that know you separately from her that will be a sounding board for when things are going wrong. That can yeah. also both, that will both support you when you are like, Hey man, that's, you know, things are going rough with your, you and your girl, you and your lady, you know, you and your, your wife, your girlfriend. Cool, man. Like, how can we support you? And at the same time, call you forward and be like, Hey man, you're kind of being a little boy right now. You're being a little, you know, kind of like, yeah. a, like a wussy right now. Why don't you stand up for yourself, man? Yeah. Like, why are you letting us, you know, and without that, the dynamic in the relationship and I've experienced this many times myself is not, it doesn't work. It's just, it's, it's, right. it's, whether it may be look good on the outside or from a surface level, ultimately I think men are best served by having healthy male friendships to begin with, then get in a relationship. Yeah. I agree with that because then once he's in that relationship, he's really vulnerable to exactly. her and, and he, he's, he would be really, really, really lonely without her. So there's a dependence that happens and oh, yeah, he doesn't yeah. want to rock the boat. He doesn't set boundaries. He doesn't stand up for himself. Like you said, there's a vulnerability that comes with being that dependent on one person for all of your needs. Oh my God. 100%. Versus, right. Versus starting out on firm footing and having other healthy, especially male relationships that nourish you and ground you and challenge you in a different way that, you know, that, you know, that even if something happened with your woman, like you're going to be okay. Exactly. Be okay. Cause, cause that's the trap, right? Like you just said, like, Oh, if I, if I lose her, Oh my God, I've lost everything. I don't have anybody. Yeah. And, 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 and let's be real, like relationships, they come and go for the most part until you find the right partner. And so like, chances are, you know, that relationship that you're so in love with and going really well in six months, a year, two, two years, whatever, if it does, not work out and you guys aren't together anymore you are literally by yourself and then if you're a male hopefully in that case you're open to therapy and not resistant to it you can have that at least at least that level of support yeah but if you're not even that then at least you have some solid bros that can have your have your back yeah right? that, that are gonna go beyond just uh hey bro let's just get you drunk and let's get you laid like that is yeah. not gonna fucking solve the problem right right like genuine, you know genuine you, emotional support <laughs> exactly yeah so, okay, as we start to wrap up here, um, what advice would you give a man who, who is wanting to sort of feel more secure in his masculinity? Yeah, I mean, the, the first is, is, is like deliberately start an inquiry for yourself. You know, like look at, just start to ask the questions. Like, you know, what is masculinity? I guess create your own definition of it first. Um, I mean, that's a huge thing, right? Like let's have great, what does masculinity mean to you? And start to look at what are the examples that you see out in the world, either collectively or individually from people that you know personally or that you like. public that figures. Yeah. Like. Well, that you like, and also let's do shadow too. Right? Let's look at, you know, the things that are, that you don't like. Mm. like what, are the, what are the things that you want to emulate and what are the things you don't want to emulate, right? As examples to, to look at what really jives with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also to start the inquiry around yourself and like, how do I show up? Like, what is, what do I, how do I see myself as a man? You know, yeah. and like you get start to do some sentence stems, you know, I'm, you know, and like, yeah. So I, I would say that's the first thing is like starting the inquiry around that. Um, and, and, and then also, you know, obviously taking a look, Hey, and how are you, how, if you do have friends, which hopefully you listen to this, you do that are men like take a look at are they fulfilling to me are these relationships are am i playing at the level that i want to in these male friendships yeah and, and if, if not, not maybe set an intention to attract new friends or join a men's group or something like yeah, that. yeah or, or or even you know maybe the first step would be just to elevate the existing ones like hey man i'm i'm craving this like you know appreciate the friendship for what it is now and i'm looking to kind of go deeper are you down for that and they, you might be surprised yeah you know and and this is also just not to say like that female friendships are not helpful too. They've been tremendously valuable, right? You know, yeah. we've been friends for, for how many years now? And it has been hugely valuable yeah. to have females. This is not to knock that at all, but to add more of the male. Yeah. And, it, and, and in the conversation about masculinity, the fact is we don't have a healthy concept of masculinity in American culture, which is why we have so many lonely, lonely men. So 
it's, it's easier, I think in some ways to be friend, to have a deeper friendship with a woman than it is. From him. Oh yeah. It's a, is the right. The male relationships. Yeah. And then when I say, yeah, developing male friendships, it's, it's, it's friendships that will bring the level of emotional support and also a level of challenge for you to step yeah. you, to step each other in, to step, to encourage each other to step into greater versions of each other. Yeah. Right. Cause yeah. that's the key is like, if you're just, you know, I had a, I had a joke with a friend of mine yesterday. If, if all your conversations start off with, remember that time when dot, 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 then you got to either start some new adventures with these friends or get some new friends. <laughs> Cause if all you're doing is like, remember, remember that time? Oh my God. Yeah. Like, okay. How much are you going to reminisce about that time? Guys, get some, get some new adventures or get some new friends. <laughs> You know? I love that. That's a great point to end on. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> so Jeffrey, how does someone find you if they're interested in learning more? Yeah. Um, best way is just is, uh, reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram. So it's free plus. So G-E-F-R-E-Y-P-L-A-T-T-S. Jeffrey, uh, website. Break um, you can inquire bit. about the coaching. You can... Jeffrey, can you just... Okay, how about now? Okay, let's start over. Okay. Yes. So, um, my favorite way to interact with, 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 with guys is to have them just join me on Facebook. Uh, jeffreyplatz.com is not, um, sorry, let me start over. <laughs> okay. Colin, cut everything up to this point. Go yes. ahead, Jeffrey. So, so Jeffrey, how does somebody find you if they want to learn more? Yeah. Uh, favorite way to interact with guys is on my Facebook. So just, just look for Jeffrey Platts. You can add and follow me on there as well as on Instagram. You can follow me there. Um, and if you are interested in coaching or learning more about coaching and seeing what other guys have gotten out of coaching, um, jeffreyplatz.com. And you can send me an email from there as well. Perfect. Any last words of wisdom before we close? Oh, pressure, huh? Um, so much pressure. <laughs> I guess I'll leave with what I said earlier is, 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 is you're going to have to go, likely you're going to, likely you're going to have to go first. Yeah. To get the stuff that you want in life, whatever it is, you're going to have to go first. Yeah. Right. I love it. I love it. It's so masculine. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for being on here. That was really fun. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you guys. Thank you, Mel. That wraps up another episode of Dear Men. Thank you for listening. If you want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Dear Men Podcast. That's at Dear Men Podcast. Or Facebook, we have a group, Dear Men Podcast. We also have an email address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to join the Big Sexy Dataset, the community of people who regularly respond to the surveys that we talk about on this podcast, just email us at that address, dearmenpodcast at gmail.com, and we will set you up. Have a sexy day. <laughs>